0: You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. From the book of Matthew, chapter 23. Uh, Some of you might not know this man. Uh, His name is Rodrigo Alves. And Rodrigo Alves is... The, no, the man describes himself as the human Kendall. He has revealed that he has spent 305,000 pounds on plastic surgery to make him look like a children's toy. Now, it was in 2016 that he confessed to having spent 10,000 pounds for a butt lift, Not too sure what that would include. $24,000 on silicon chest implants and $48,000 to create his eight-pack abs from his own fat and skin. Rodrigo from Sao Paulo, Brazil, says he's unashamed of his surgery habit and undergoes 15 operations a year. In 2016, he had gone under the knife 42 times. He said this to one of the magazines, I was born in the wrong body. My soul never matched up with the rest of me, and now it does, and I feel at peace. Isn't that lovely? That was 2016. In October 2017, Rodrigo Alves spent a further $25,000 on surgery to feminize his hairline so he could live as a Barbie doll, not the Ken doll. This would be his 59th surgery, which will gradually allow him to live as a woman. Where to begin? I think this highlights the generation that we're living in today. In 2016, you can feel like I want to look like a Kendall. And if you're not careful, by 2017, you want to look like a Barbie doll. There are people that much like this young man who says he's at peace after doing 40 or so surgeries to his body comes to that gripping realization that he's not really at peace. And in fact, the truth is, is nobody will ever be at peace until they are comfortable with who they really are, and that is embracing what God thinks about us. It's not about what we think about ourselves, it's what God thinks about us that makes all the difference. So I want to preach to you a sermon entitled True Identity. Out of the book of Matthew, chapter 23, we're going to read from verse 1 through to 7, and then skip down from 25 to 26. The Bible says these words, And Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their, their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens... "...hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them from, out from one of their fingers. But all their works they do to, see, to be seen by men, they make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garment. They love the best places in the, at the feast and the best seats in the synagogue, greetings in the marketplace, and to be called by men rabbi rabbi now skip down to verse 25 woe to you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence blind Pharisees see cleanse the inside of the cup and dish uh, that the outside of them may be clean also hallelujah true identity I want to firstly focus on the fact that Jesus speaks about the hypocrite. Now, hypocrisy is something that up until the time where Jesus began to expose it, he actually used an imagery that I want to draw upon this evening. It has to do with an old Roman uh, Greek style of acting. If you're a Bible student, you'll understand that the hypocrites... the hypocrites, is actually meant of someone who's a stage actor. Now, in those times, there was no uh, uh, you know, uh, a, you know, quick makeup. There wasn't an ability to put on a fake nose and, and you know, spend hours upon hours reconstructing your face and body. And so actors would simply grab a mask and would carry this and it would cause them to, if they wanted to play someone scary, they would have a scary mask, someone peaceful, well, peaceful mask. And this would be the changing hypocrisy of the actor. And so Jesus uses this imagery to draw a spiritual parallel in accordance to these Pharisees and scribes. He warns his own disciples as well... Not to, be hip, uh, uh, not to be a hypocrite uh, going from one personality to another, changing uh, your image from day to day, and he challenged, uh, he challenged the hearers to be uh, of a true identity. Now, why is identity so important today? Because how many know that today when it comes to what identifies you it is something that can cause you to become uh, promoted it is something that can cause you to become popular it is something that can cause you to step into fame and fortune now, It all has to do with your identity, uh, and the world is is beginning to focus more on this, uh, making this an importance, uh, when in reality, identity can be very frail. In the passage of Scripture that we read, there are two things that I believe uh, the Pharisees and scribes were searching for. They were searching for fulfillment in, ident- in their identity based on their position. It says the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now, this is a very unique position of placement. This is an authoritative seat. This is a, you know, a place where a judge would sit at the very center of a very you know. Uh, specific place uh, where ultimately this seat would require the one who is sitting on it uh, to be able to hear arguments uh, for and against, uh, and it would be in this seat where judgment would be passed uh, in regards to moral standards, in in regards to decisions in life. uh, And so this position of placement uh, was the very place uh, that these Pharisees and scribes wanted to be seen in. Today, the positions are much like the seed of Moses. You go to work on Monday, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to this club. Oh, I hung out with this person. Oh, I was wearing this dress or this shirt. uh, And it's these positions that bring this identity in our life. uh, And uh, Jesus is here. He's saying this is what uh, the lower nature strives for. It wants to be seen. It wants to be recognized. uh, And this is what begins to gear each and every life uh, even to this day to be seen by others the second place of identity has to do with wanting praise because of this seat where Moses sat began to be, became this place of position now They want not only what comes, you know, they don't no longer want that seat, they also want the praise that comes with that seat. As a result, Jesus said, verse 5 But all their works they do to be seen by men, they make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the border of their garments. This has Everything to do with the exterior and nothing to do with the interior. Now, I have to be honest that I've fallen victim to this a few times, if not quite a few times. And let me try to w- explain this. You know, there'll be sometimes a friend will come up to me and be like, that's a good tie, that's a very nice tie. And you go, well, thank you very much. And you receive that compliment as you're beautiful, when in reality, it's just the tie, <laughs> right? Don't look at you, you're, not, you're laughing because you know you, someone comes up to you and says, that's a beautiful dress, and you think, why thank you. <laughs> I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the dress. And all we hear is the praise, and we immediately take it to our, you know, for us, and we think that's meant for me, and therefore I, and it becomes a drug. You begin to wear things and go places and hang out with people specifically for that praise. That now all that you care for is hearing those words. Wow, you're so smart. Wow, look at you. You're very clever. This becomes the driving force. This becomes your identity. And in the spiritual realm, this can become religious pride. The Pharisees and the scribes were the men that should be standing as godly examples They were the ones that should be uh, the ones you reference from. Look at him, he's done it, therefore I can do it. The tragedy was is that these men began to be geared by praise. Uh, They wanted to hear the words, Rabbi. They wanted to hear the words, Master, you're amazing. And as a result, instead of focusing on God, it becomes all about them. Now, I've been to church services where people in the pews will stand while the preacher is preaching and will point at him and say, you're awesome. Amen. That's, you're awesome. And they will elevate him. And again, I was just a young man in the, in the faith. And I'm, listening, I'm looking at that. I said, I know who I am. And if I was in that position and someone was standing up, and this wasn't just one or two, this would have been about 15 to 20 people. You're awesome. You're awesome. Yeah, that's it. Preach it. I know what I would do with that. The praise becomes a drug that we relate to our identity. And this is what Jesus begins to challenge these men careful in regards to the position and the praise that you're searching for. My point is that everything then became a competition. And when people came to them, instead of being an encouragement, they began to put burdens on people. You want to be like me? It's hard. You want to do what I do? Oh, it's going to take a lot of dedication. I read while I sleep. I've I've had the Bible inscripted underneath my eyelids. And they set this bar so high, and Jesus, I mean, I love Jesus. Don't you just love Jesus? He comes in and goes, you think you're so clever. You think you're so smart. You're nothing but A hypocrite. You're nothing but an actor. That's a very sobering thought, isn't it? So I want to look secondly this evening at cleansing the cup. In chapter 23, Matthew's Gospel, it's titled The Woes to the Pharisees and Scribes. Now, this is because it is repeated eight times in just one chapter. Woe to you, Pharisees and scribes. Now, let me just give you a little bit of insight. If Jesus says something once, you need to listen. If He says something twice, you need to really listen. And if it's beyond three, you seriously need to stop everything you're doing and focus entirely on this. Because here in this chapter... Eight times in one sermon begins to challenge about the cleansing of the cup uh, because how many know we're very good at pretending everything's okay. How are you? I'm fine. How's everything going? Super califragilistic expialidocious. When in reality. Something different is happening inside. Now, let me just say this. The power of the gospel is the ability to not just change the outside, but to change the inside. In other words, God is not just concerned... On the exterior, he's not just concerned about what car you drive and the career of uh, uh, your line of work or, or who you marry or your children, the state of your life. He's also concerned about your heart. He's concerned about your character. He's concerned about the things inside of you that prompt you to make the rational or irrational decisions. So let's look at the correct approach. I I believe that Jesus isn't eliminating position. Because how many know that position is is a great thing to aspire for? The people of God were led by men who stood in the gap. Moses, who led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Noah, who built the ark. Gideon, who fought. Samson, these men who fought and were leaders. And so position, I don't believe position. God is is, is wiping out position. That's it. No more position. Everyone's equal. Everyone stays the same. So then there must be a correct approach to position. Position. The truth is, is that God deserves all recognition in every position of life. Now, there's a phrase that's been coined just recently. I don't know if you've heard this, but it's the phrase, you need to be true to yourself. How many heard that? Just got to be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. Now, while that sounds very lovely and, you know, Everyone needs to be true to themselves. It's very hard to receive that phrase from someone who's, you know, had Botox and, you know, injections and, you know, different color and everything, and you've got just like this, uh, you know, Ken doll, he's got fake pecs and fake uh, everything, right? I read a comment about the new Disney princess Ariel. They suggested that Kyle... Kylie Jenner should be the next Disney Princess Ariel. And a comment said, you know what? That's not a good thing because there's enough plastic in the ocean already. I love it. (laughs) I just started meddling. But here is this reality, right? That we as Christians ought to aspire to be used by God. That the truth is is that Jesus was the greatest example for us. That he stood in the gap and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes through the Father but through me. And so our position in the eyes of God is critical. Because how many know that we 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 can know God, we can read the Bible, but not be in the right position to inherit God's blessings? Just like these Pharisees and scribes, they could be going to church, they' could be reading their Bible, but their hearts could be far away from God. And so God brings this revelation, position is critical. Second 2 Timothy 2:19. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. and it has this seal, inscription. Lord knows those who are His and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. I want you to think about that. What is that speaking about? That's speaking about a position, a stance. That's speaking about a position where God can speak to you, God can bless you. And if we are to call ourselves Christians... We need to be mindful of 2 corinthians 2 19. am i in a position where god can speak to me am i in a position that god can direct my path am i in a position that god can begin to use my life for the furtherance of his kingdom or am i in a position that would cause people to turn away from god The second area has also to do with praise. Now, praise, again, is something that we love, right? Not a problem. But the one who's receiving the praise needs to be very careful. Psalms 28, verse 8, Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. Now, I believe that a part of raising children involves praise. You can't just be interrogating and criticizing everything that they do. That wasn't good enough. You're not good enough. That should be done better, quicker, faster. It's not, you know, if, you're, if, if, if you've lived under that criticism, you will never, you'll find it very difficult to accelerate, you know, excel in life. But praise is something that begins to be, uh, you know, an instrument that can cause someone to ride and, and, and do things that they'd never thought they'd do before. And the truth is, is that as Christians, there is a praise that is coming our way. The, the praise where our Father in heaven, well done, my good and faithful servants... Enter into the joy of the Lord. That is the praise we all want to hear as, uh, as Christians that day uh, when we're received into the Beloved. Uh, but we must be careful while we're here on this earth not to be diverted by the praises of man. But craving for the praises of God. Listen to the psalmist again. I will lift my hands towards your holy sanctuary. What is that speaking about? That's speaking about praise. We're raising our hands in submission. God, this is you. It's all you. Psalm 7, verse 17 through... Uh, uh, Psalm seven, seventeen. I will praise the Lord according to His righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, uh, the Most High. Why? Because He deserves it. Because He's worthy of all praise. He is our Saviour. And anything good that we do, it's not because of us, it's not because of our genius, it's because how great He is. Amen? And so therefore we cleanse the cup. We say, God, I know who I am and I'm placing myself in a position that you would bless me and if you would be willing to bless my life, see that I would direct that blessing back to you. I place myself in a position that could be a recipient of praise, but I will direct that praise back to you because you are worthy of all praise. So let's look thirdly and in closing at being clean vessels. Now, God desperately needs each and every one of us to aspire for this because this is what pleases Him to be able to look down and see men and women who are wanting to be used by Him to further His kingdom. Here in this passage of Scripture, Jesus is saying, don't just spend all your time focusing on the outside. He's concerned about what's on the inside. And let me just say this, you will never be satisfied cleaning the outside of the cup and not cleaning the inside. You'll never be satisfied until you conquer this area in your life. You can come to church, raise your hands, speak in tongues, but until you give Him your heart, you'll never be happy. It's no mistake, this young man, Rodrigo, shapeshifter one day he's a ken doll the next day he's a barbie doll this is the generation that we live in today indecisive doesn't know what to do and how to do it but the truth is the gospel is here to help us to be established This is what it means to allow Jesus into your heart. To allow him to cleanse you from the inside out. A spiritual renovation from the inside out. Now, if you allow Jesus to take care of the inside, he will then begin to shine through the outside. How do we do this? We allow, firstly, to deal with God, to deal with our pride. Pride is a thing that will stop the work of God. James chapter 4, it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The proud, the one who thinks, I don't need help. The one who thinks, I can do this on my own. Is the one who removes himself from God's blessing. He cannot be clean, and this is what's powerful about it. I don't know about you, but I hate doing the dishes. But I've never been at a position where a cup has looked up at me and said, you know what, Mike, I've got this one, I'll clean myself. (laughs) The only thing in people's household that cleans themselves is cats, and we all know how they do that. So I would, try, would trust the fact that here is this reality. God does the best cleaning. God does the best cleansing. He's the one that can turn our lives from something that is of no use into something that can be of use. But are you humble enough to receive that? The second has to do with dealing with pride and accepting humility. Sign of surrenderance. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Now the truth is is that there are a lot of people that would like God's work done very quickly. It's like, okay God, I said I am sorry and therefore change everything the truth is is that many times it's just you being obedient every single the day every single day week after week month after month year after year your challenge for the rest of this month is to stay saved your challenge for the rest of this year is to obey God's Word your challenge until Jesus' return is to stay faithful. And how are we going to do this? It's by being aware of this very principle. It's the inside. It's the heart. In doing these things, not only will we preserve ourselves from the snares that will try to trip us up, but also will begin, will begin to become the strength, the source of our strength that identifies us with Christ himself. When the Apostle Paul spoke about imitate me as I imitate Christ, he spoke about something so profound. He wasn't saying that he was God. He wasn't saying that he was a chosen, unique vessel that, you know, I am unique and therefore you should only glean from me. But what he was giving reference to is this reality. Just like John the Baptist spoke, I must decrease so that he would increase. True identity. It's amazing at how the older that I grow up, the older that I get, The more that I realize I look like my dad. You know, you look like, you you know, you look at your parents, you think, wow, you know. (laughs) And then you hang out with them, you get a photo next to them, you think, my goodness, a spitting image. What about you spiritually, though? The more that we're saved, The longer that we obey and are in his presence, the more that we are being transformed into his image. Now that's profound. That's the true identity we need. Don't just try cleaning the outside of the cup. Jesus is saying, allow God to cleanse you from the inside and your true identity will come out through that cleansing. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments.